Sunshine Jams Community Matters. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody feeling on this Sunday? It's your girl, Super Cindy. And we are continuing the theme of honoring the winners of the JM Family Enterprises 27th Annual African American Achievers Awards. And live in the studio, I spoke to this young gentleman a few weeks ago, but we had to bring him back because guess what? He's a recipient award achiever. Yes, honey. We are speaking to Weber Charles. Good morning, Weber. Good morning. How you doing? Super. So I spoke to you a few weeks ago about your amazing um, program that we will touch on again today, Breakthrough Miami. You being involved with Breakthrough Miami and all the things that you involve yourself with has got you in the category of education as one of the four achievers at this year's African American Achievers Awards. Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> You're like, I'm still, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it myself. I'm still pinching myself. I oh, I, cool. I remember when um, I got the news, I went back. Uh, uh, I went back to the website for African American Achievers to mm-hmm. see past recipients mm-hmm. uh, of those that won the award, and I was just kind of floored at some of the past recipients and the the magnitude of of those individuals and what they've been able to do in the community. And to know that now, like I'm in line of that legacy, is, is 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 humbling. I it's love a, it's that. impressive mm-hmm. and humbling. So we're gonna get into all of that in a minute, but first I want to let the listeners know, like Weber. Are you f- born and raised in Miami? Like, what is your your backstory? Okay, so, yeah, born and raised. I'm a trial of the native son. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, came in, well, actually got into the country mm-hmm. in my mom's womb. Wow. Uh, she was six months pregnant. Okay. Uh, little Haiti took us in, and mm-hmm. then uh, I came of age in Opelaka. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm from here, born and raised. And so growing up, like you fell into the field of education. Tell the listeners a little bit of history of how that journey went. Were you a good student? Were you like on top of valedictorian? Like how did this story come about? How did you get into education? No, man, I was a knucklehead. We Uh were knuckleheads growing up, you know. um, Alibaba. (laughs) I went to Westview Middle and Westview uh, Elementary. Mm -hmm. And back then it was all about being a class clown and, and, and the ladies man and so and that's what you were and and i wasn't (laughs) the best student um but i could tell you that we had some really strong teachers back then that that tried to rein us in Mm -hmm. um and then um i kind of had a breakthrough like in junior year Mm -hmm. you know i was struggling with english and i had a really uh stern teacher black woman I, i can't recall her name who um basically you know, tore my papers apart, and she had such high expectations, such high standards. But she saw more in you than right. you saw in yourself. Right, and so she really helped me to become a better writer, and then, you know, I, I was able to finish high school, top 20%, mm-hmm. got into UM, got into University of Florida and FIU, and decided to go to FIU and graduated from FIU. Okay, and so when you went to college, what did you major in? Like, what direction were you going? In? So I went to college and did almost three and a half years as an engineering major. Mm, what what <laughs> about engineering caught your eye? The, the money and your mom said be an engineer? You know, Haitian mom, <laughs> you know, they want you to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. Exactly. Uh, I was good at math, and so mm-hmm. I thought it was a good idea. And then mm-hmm. as I went through it, you know, I was getting through the classes, but really it wasn't... Um, it wasn't resonating with my spirit. Yeah, you know? like you weren't you weren't running to school every day. Like I want to learn more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It wasn't feeding your soul at all. Not at all. And then mm-hmm. I took one photography class, mm-hmm. 
and that like changed the game for me. What made you initially say I'm going to take a photography class? Though you know what I, I don't I don't know don't to be know quite honest. Mean. I just I needed to take an elective to, oh, to okay. break up and the monotony, down the line. <laughs> and I picked photography. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I started to like work on my writing with some of the colloquial classes, and um, I got you know I thought I was pretty decent in photography. I got a scholarship. Wow. Um, and so I you know I made that my minor, and mm-hmm. then. You know, like year five, year six, I was Van Wilder, horrible student. It took me forever to graduate. Um, But I decided, like, you know what, let me do liberal studies. And so I graduated with a degree in liberal studies. And then right after I graduated, I was a location photographer in Turks and Caicos. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I love Turks. I've been there several times. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So location photographer means what? Like, who are you taking these pictures for? Is it for the Board of Tourism? Like, what are you doing that for? So at the time, um, Charles Misick, uh, he's a real estate mogul, former mm-hmm. prime minister of Turks and Caicos, owns okay. several resorts. Oh, and- okay. Lisa Ray's ex-husband. Yeah, Let's break down brother, a tea. Yeah, the brother. Oh, the brother of Lisa, Lisa Ray's ex-husband. Yes, okay. correct. Um, so um, I would go down there and shoot the resorts, shoot mm-hmm. the food, shoot the rooms, and shoot some of the tourist destinations uh, on site. Um, mm-hmm. So I had I did that for about five years. It was awesome. We made good money mm-hmm. uh, at the time, and then um, that fizzled. And then you know I started working part time in schools and started to look at what education could bring me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I quite literally stumbled into Little Haiti again. Coming full circle. Back home. So getting back to Little Haiti, like what brought you there? Like how did you stumble into it? What do you mean by that? So uh, while I was doing the location photography in Turks and Caicos, Mm -hmm. sometimes we would have downtime. Uh, Me and my wife at the time owned Mm -hmm. this company. Mm -hmm. And during downtime, I was sub. And I said, you know what? Let me see if I can like get in and teach photography. And I knew South Miami Middle was like one of the only schools in Dade County that had a wet lab. And I Mm -hmm. love being in developing the developing working <laughs> with the chemicals so i i, sh- I shot my shot mm-hmm. i knew it was going to be a, a sought after position and i lost the position to a woman that was moving down from new york so i was wow. devastated i was devastated but at the time the art supervisor was like but we have this opening at edison park elementary and he looked at me and he's like the kids need you over there I think you'd be amazing. This is the right. This is a right fit for you. And How I, do you teach photography like with no wet lab? Like is I that... didn't. I got an art position. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so art meaning like painting art teacher, and stuff. Yeah, or... I became oh, okay. an art teacher. Yeah. Did you know how to paint? Yeah, draw and, and do stuff like that. <laughs> I know a stick figure. I put a head on a stick body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I have an art, artistic side that oh, okay. that I uh, suppress to mm. keep doing the work that I'm currently yeah. doing. Um, but so I became an art teacher there, and and you know. Um, that's when I started to really understand who, what it meant to be an immigrant moving what, into South Florida. Why, as why a do Haitian you say boy. that? Because um, the kids at Edison Park Elementary were basically me when I was, you know, coming into coming the world up. and coming into Miami. Mm-hmm. And so all the things that I went through, they were still going through, but in a different way, but still very yeah. similar. You know, really trying to assimilate to the popular culture. And, and the like, parents want you to keep your culture, culture and don't switch so, up. <laughs> yeah, so the world outside your doors tells you to do one thing and the world inside your door is telling you to do something else. Yeah. And as a child, you're trying to make both of those exist at the same time and mm-hmm. it's, it, it could be stressful definitely it could be stressful so i under, i understood a lot of what was going on in those children's world mm-hmm. um and um seeing them really 
really was like a mirror. It was like I was looking at myself as a younger person. And then so I started to always think about like, okay, if you could do it again, who who would you need in your corner? Mm -hmm. How would you need a leader in your school to be so that you could be your best self? They got the best person ever because you you lived exactly what they had lived. Exactly. How dope. That's God's plan. Super dope. Super dope. (laughs) Such a kind of like cosmic experience. It's truly like a, you know, like what you said, it's God's Mm -hmm. plan. It was like, and I learned so much from them. I learned so much about As they were learning from you. And, and yeah, I, I learned so much from the students at Edison Park Elementary. There was so much talent in that feeder pattern. Mm. And you know, at, at the time, under Rudy Crew, it was it was the worst performing feeder pattern in our district. Wow. And all I saw was magic. All I saw were kings and queens and <laughs> artists and musicians and kids that were super bright at math and... Um, I'm sure the kids loved your class. They're like, I don't want to go anywhere else. Can we just stay here all day? (laughs) What did they call you, Mr. Charles? They called me Mr. Charles. Yeah, yeah. And still, some of them, when I run into them, Mm -hmm. still call me Mr. Charles. You're Uh, probably that teacher that they're going to talk about when they grow up and have a success story. Yeah. I've been been fortunate enough to be that person, to to be that person to... inspire them and show them like how much can be done with a little bit of grit, hard work, um, positive self-concept planning. Um, like I said, they taught me a lot. They made me a better person. And I think that was a springboard for the work that I was able to do at Breakthrough Miami. Truly discuss a little what, what is Breakthrough Miami and how did that jump off? Like what is Breakthrough Miami? So Breakthrough is a eight year, um, academic enrichment program Mm -hmm. that works with low income families. And so we recruit the kids right after their fourth grade year. They come in for that summer, and they stay with us until they graduate college. Wow. And so essentially what we're doing is we're leveraging the resources at the big day schools that we exist in and our partners in the community and some of the larger universities like FIU and UM to provide you know quality paths, opportunity paths for those students. So we almost serve like a, a like academic agent, you know, so direct them on what programs will help them. And And you know, some people might say fourth grade, that's too early. But nowadays Mm, mm, you should start in kindergarten. Like fourth grade is definitely not too early. No, it's not. And when we, when I talk to parents and when I talk to the students, I tell them like, you know, some parents are planning like pre-K, you know, like VPK, they're already planning out their, 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 their trajectory. And so I told them like, I'm coming in, I'm in their class. Classroom, it's fourth grade, but we have to start now. And they're looking at me like, I'm only in fourth grade. It's like, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, trust me, we got a lot of work to do. And when they come into my program, they understand that we do have a lot of work to do. When you go into a school and you're going into a fourth grade class, how do you get the kids? Like, do you pick and choose or like do the you give out pamphlets and then the parents call? Like, how does this work? So we've I've been fortunate enough to build relationships with a lot of the schools that I recruit from. So they which, believe which, in your work. Which, which is mostly in the city of Miami. And I tell them all the time, like, I can pitch you the program, but once your kids go through the program, you'll truly understand like what it means, what the breakthrough magic means. Because mm. it's, it's truly a magical experience mm-hmm. to finally come into a space with like-minded children that mm-hmm. love to learn 
in these wonderful facilities and you have these young interns that fly in from all over the country to spend eight weeks to teach you all the things that they know in a subject matter. And they make it fun and hands-on and engaging. And a lot of them build relationships with those college students for life. So we're bringing in people from Morehouse and Princeton and Yale and FAMU and Florida State. Mm -hmm. And those young people serve as mentors to our students. So the model is students teaching students and the research will show it that students are more motivated when they're working with people that they see as their peers or their older brothers how awesome is that and and what about like the people that graduate and go on to college you said that you speak to them and keep a relationship with some of them like absolutely how is that like to see them it's so literally my life is you're super Cindy. So uh-huh. when you go out in the community, you go to public, people see you say hello. Yeah. My life is I go to the grocery stores. I go for a run. I'm constantly running into the fruits of my labor. Oh, that is so awesome. So I'm running into a family. I'm running into a student who now has this incredible professional job. I'm at a graduation and I'm running into a child that went through our program and says, well, because of you, you know, I really know what I want to do. And I'm going to the Navy so that this is I'm constantly running running in to to the, to the spoils of my riches. <laughs> and it, I don't think there's a better blessing than that. Like when you know that you have sown so many seeds and now they have grown wild in the community and you just, you're shaded by it and, and, and you, you just, just drink your lemonade with all the shade that you've created. <laughs> do people, do people that have graduated through the program come back to be mentors as well? Absolutely. It's actually awesome. designed that way. It's oh, actually okay. designed that way. So the kids are eligible between 17 and 25. Mm-hmm. So what happens is our kids, when they become juniors and seniors, they'll apply to become teachers just like they had mm. when they were in the program. So we have kids from Northwestern that teach, kids from Core Gables, kids from the whole schools like Ransom, Everglades, and Miami Country Day School, Central, students from Central that come in and teach. Imagine asking a 17-year-old to give up eight weeks of their summer to teach a subject matter to a fourth grade or a fifth grade or sixth grade student. So I am, you're, we're constantly constantly surrounded by, by the kind of people that are willing to make sacrifices mm-hmm. to better the community as a whole. And so I always tell my um, teachers, my teaching fellows, mm-hmm. I was like, what you're doing is insane. Like most people your age are on a beach. They're drinking. Oh, yeah. You know, you're Doing 22, you're in college, you're 21 and you're in college and you gave up eight weeks of your summer to teach math, to teach calculus, low-income students from Miami-Dade County. And it's basically like a summer school program, like the program is their summer. Yes. Where do you guys teach it at? What school, or how do you know the location of where you're going? We're at six locations. Oh, so we not... So we serve all of Miami-Dade County regionally. So we have in the north, Miami Country Day School. In the middle, uh, we have Ransom, Carrollton, and Gulliver, which pretty much takes up the city of Miami, South Miami, mm-hmm. Coconut Grove. And in the mm-hmm. south, we have Palmer. Uh, and then our college-bound program is hosted at University of Miami. That's so... And so it's an all-day thing? Like, they go in the morning and they nine leave to, at 4 or 5, nine whatever? To five, 9 to 5 for 6 weeks. For the kids and the, and the teaching fellows, uh, they're, they're, um, they're on duty for 8 weeks because they come in for one week of training mm-hmm. in the beginning and one week of, tra- uh, one week of evaluation at the on the back end of the summer. Why do you think, like, with the way social media is going and the kids are being raised by lies and things that aren't real that they see on social media. Why is Breakthrough Miami like such an important program in the the days that we're living right now, do you think? Breakthrough, um, I tell parents all the time, if you want your child to be successful, you have to control the environment. Mm -hmm. And in controlling the environment, you have to control who 
your child comes into contact with, what kind of organizations, circle of friends. Mm -hmm. So what Breakthrough does, it incubates human talent. Okay. Right. And it, and and to incubate human talent, you have to have talent. If I want to be a really great basketball player, I got to play with the best. I got to play with Dwayne Wade Hello. to be good. Yeah. So it's the same thing with breakthrough. So these kids are coming in with other kids that want to learn. But also they have mentors that are highly motivated college students and high school students that are doing all the things that these little kids want to do. And so they get to see positive role models, men, women, kids that look like themselves Them. from mm -hmm. same community mm -hmm. doing all the positive positive things that they don't typically see or they may not typically see in their community. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're Griselda Ramos, right, and you go to school <laughs> at John Hopkins to become a state officer and there's a kid in your class from Hialeah, right, or mm -hmm. Little Havana that grew up in the same neighborhood you did, mm -hmm. that's a powerful experience for that child. because yeah, they'll they, remember. They'll remember. They're like, okay, she went to John Hopkins. She went to Georgetown. She's smart. She she's speaks like three me. languages. She's <laughs> been to London. She's been to France. She's been to Europe. And her mom was, you know, cleaned houses. Hello. So I don't have to be rich to create a positive future for myself. I don't have to be rich to create a future of my liking, right? I have mm -hmm. to be intentional. All right? I have to surround myself with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I have to create my, I have to make sure I have a support structure in nurturing adults, which is what the Breakthrough Miami program provides is a is basically a space with nurturing adults and positive role models and then those kids get to see that like okay what i'm seeing on social media isn't real and there's other examples of what i can be uh when i get older that is so awesome so now we got to talk about you being one of the four um award recipients for the 27th annual african-american achievers awards it's brought to you by jm family enterprises southeast toyota distributors and jm lexus now the way this whole thing works is that each year in recognition of the achievers and their efforts to improve the quality of life in our community, JM Family and its subsidiary, Southeast Toyota Distributors and JM Lexus, make a contribution of $10,000 in each achiever's name to the South Florida charity or charities of his or her choice. And this year's contributions will bring the total donation made by JM Family to more than $600,000 on behalf of 160 individual African-American achievers. And that is so awesome. So now let's, let's break this down. Do you know who nominated you? I do know who nominated me, and every time I talk about it, it gives me chills. Don't cry, Weber. It's one of <laughs> one of my students nominated me for this award. One really? of my breakthrough scholars saw the commercial and had the wherewithal to fill out the application, and mm. that's how I got the award. Wow! In the field of education, that's the category you won in. Yeah. So how did were you notified? Like, tell me the story. Let me see it in my brain. <laughs> I'm gonna close my eyes. Tell so, me the story so I, I could. I'm at a taco shop. Oh, tacos H make everything better. Okay. <laughs> in Little Havana, I'm mm -hmm. with my colleagues. The phone ring is ringing. I had the table on the phone on the mm -hmm. table facing up, and I see JM Lexus, and I'm like, Did I win a car? No. <laughs> no. I, and I, I was like, I, the only reason JM Lexus would, would be calling me is for the African American Achievers Award because again, I'm born and raised here. Oh, so, so you I've know. seen every year. I see the advertisements. Mm -hmm. I've seen those that were honored and mm -hmm. thought like, man, this is a really cool award. And so when I saw JM Lexus pop up on my phone, just for a, <laughs> for a second, I was like, nah. Who nominated yeah. me? <laughs> then I pick up the phone, and then lo and behold, they were like, yo, you're one of the honorees this year in the wow. area of education. And I'm like, I'm like, what? And I'm, I'm still processing it, Cindy. While it's just eating like, your tacos. While eating my tacos. <laughs> I, I'm still processing it because 
I'm just humble. Like we mm. just do the work. I, I'm the kind of dude that just puts his head down. Uh, every every day I wake up, I, I wake up with intentionality. I, I want to make somebody's life better. I want to help a family. And so it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre space to be in. Yeah. I don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like so, I might want to post something about it, and then I question it because it's just and like everyone's okay. gonna crawl out the yeah, woodwork. Yeah, yeah. Remember so, me, my organization. <laughs> no, it's just so it's just it's a it's a weird process. And talking to Erica, and she's telling me like, yo, that's gonna be your driver, and you're gonna have a handler. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And you gotta, you gotta prepare your speech, and it's it's a lot. I was like, wow. So I I really <laughs> didn't know what what I was getting into. <laughs> Excuse me. Have you ever attended the awards? No, ceremony? never. So tell, I've attended a few, and what I told the other recipients that I that I um, interviewed, when you walk out of that ceremony and the whole thing, you feel like you can jump from the floor to the twelfth story building. Like you feel like you can achieve anything, anything, and you're like, "What am I doing with my life?" Like you feel like you're like, "They can do that. I can do this." Like it's so inspiring hearing their personal stories, wow. and they put it on the screen and give you a background and is those awards are everything and everyone who's somebody within the community it doesn't mean they have to be on tv or radio like people who have made an impact in the community are in the audience they might blend in they might stand out and you see them like it's such an awesome awesome experience so so get ready (laughs) i I am ready and i already told my families that we want to pack the place in yeah breakthrough families and, and past teaching fellows and my instructional coaches. I want everybody that's worked with me over the years that helped me to get to this point to be in the room because really I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you if it wasn't for their buy-in and then and then believing in what we're trying to do in the community. You know, they they you know for the most part a parent has to subscribe to what I'm telling them for mm-hmm. it to work. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my success hinges on people following through and doing what we need to do. So I, I want them to be in the building. Oh, I could have just imagined when they call your name, half the building's <laughs> in a rumble because everybody, you're whole, the whole sides are like, wow! That's so crazy. That's so awesome. So have you decided, um, you don't have to tell me what you're doing with it, but have you decided what you're doing with the $10,000 that's being you know, awarded to you? Absolutely. I've, I've split that up because I, I sit on boards. I'm involved with different organizations. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the lion's share of that money went to something that that's really near and dear to me, which mm-hmm. is called the NIA Project. And what is that? So the NIA Project is a, a uh, an organization I started with uh, a buddy of mine, Leanne Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the executive director of Venture Cafe at CIC. And um, what it does is we provide students with human factor leadership development mm-hmm. through international travel. And what does that mean? So Break it down. <laughs> so let me break it down. Mm-hmm. Institutions, organizations, schools, churches, everything fail or succeed because mm-hmm. of the humans that run them. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times people will say, well, the government sucks. No, the people in government sucks, sucks right? Mm-hmm. Or the school is poorly ran. It's not the school. It's the human factor that... Um, uh, that causes that. And so we want to develop the next wave of leaders mm-hmm. in understanding what human factor leadership is. So we bring in a scholar. His name is uh, Dr. Senya Senyo 
Ojibaloso. Mm-hmm. He's from Ghana, mm-hmm. and he has a school in Ghana called the Human Factor Leadership School. Whoa. And so we partner with the school, and we take kids every summer to Ghana to partner with the school, and then they do like a diplomatic tour, and they you know they do some ex- experiential uh, activities out on location. But we do that every year, and so this is our sixth tour. Awesome. This summer, uh, we just selected twelve kids awesome. at our annual reception. Mm-hmm. So twelve low income. High school students in Miami-Dade County will be flying for 12 days to Bali, Indonesia. <gasps> Do you need a volunteer? <laughs> all, all expense paid. And it kind of all ties into my vision. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like giving value to bright students, you know, because they they deserve it because yeah, of who they are. They like giving them value, for right, right, and so showing them that they're we, appreciated. We, yeah, these are investments that need to be made. You make an investment in a child; they fly halfway across the world. They see something different. They see themselves differently. Mm. Right? Travel is the the biggest mirror, the truest oh. mirror of someone's person. Right, yep. and so you can read one book, right, and that that can take you places. But when you travel, you read a thousand books, you know. And so, the kids that have gone on this trip, they've come back. They've like, uh, you know, they've been awarded scholarships. They've mm-hmm. gone to school for free. But it's really fundamentally changed who they were. Weber, let everybody know where they can contact you to support your movements and congratulate you if they want to. Where can they follow you? I'm on Facebook mm-hmm. as Weber J. Charles. Mm-hmm. On uh, Instagram, I'm Charlie Black. Mm-hmm. So that's C H A R. Mm L-I-B-L-A-C, same for Twitter. Okay. (laughs) Weber, I just want to congratulate you. Interviewing you you twice. Yes, honey. I I appreciate that. (laughs) And you're the recipient of the 27th Annual African American Achievers Awards, and you're one of four. You won in the category of education, so rightfully deserved. And I'm just congratulating you, and thanks for stopping by Community Matters. Thank you, Super. I appreciate you. (laughs)